following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your eardrums one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the R.E.D. Podcast Network at redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Welcome to the 11pm Somewhere Podcast, the number two craft beer podcast in Ireland. <gasps> there can be only one. That's right, number two. Uh, the Irish Beer Snob Podcast has now officially overtaken this podcast. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Dunn. Mr. and Mrs. Dunn. You know why you can? Don't get a sucker no statue. Give him guts. I told you I wasn't going away. You got your shot. Now give me mine. Why don't you get the hell out of there? Shut up, old man. I ain't going nowhere. And why don't you tell all these nice folks why you've been ducking me? Politics, man. This country wants to keep me down. Keep everybody weak. They don't want a man like me to have the title because I'm not a puppet like that fool up there. In any case, you are here with me. My name is Ian, and each week I jump on my craft beer crate adorned in my craft beer Paris sheet, and I show away the bland taste of the of the beer-producing world to lend my voice to the Irish craft beer revolution. Thanks for daring to put the world's most dangerous beer podcast into your ears this week. I hope you are sitting comfortably in your blanket forts. I hope you've got your nightlights, your libation of choice, and some comfort foods to help get you through the next half hour of fear in your ears that's right folks want to say thanks once again for downloading the podcast and choosing to join us again and i say us i mean me and by us i also mean the people who listen to the show i want to see first off get it this out of the way i want to say a huge thanks to everyone who's been sending me sort of little sort of dms and little emails and everything else um and just been really happy that the show is back you know means an awful lot it really really does uh last year has kind of been a bit on the shit side for me as some of you know and uh, you know just having the support of people who are like you know keep doing what you're doing you know you help add something to our day and we enjoy listening to your podcast it entertains us you know that means a heck of a lot uh especially because i don't do the podcast for money it's completely done for free it's a it's a labor of love um very weird, weird kind of love that's very comforting. Uh, so I want to say a huge thanks to everyone. I want to say a huge thanks to a load of the brewers and everything else out there who support the podcast as well, who've been hugely helpful and supportive as well, uh, and checking in and saying, hey, Ian, do you need anything from us? Or, hey, come on down and spend some time with us. Uh, or just, you know, generally just uh, get, helping me through bits and pieces. You know, that's been, again, hugely helpful as well. And it shows what an amazing, amazing community we have here in Ireland uh, when it comes to the craft beer scene. So, let's get the obvious out of the way. Last weekend was the Beer Clock Show Lock-In. The, uh, the seven-person clusterfuck that it was in the end. No, it wasn't that bad. Uh, you know, it's been hugely enjoyable doing the Lock-In series with the guys in the Beer Clock Show and uh, Emma from Crema and a couple of others. And it was great to be on a podcast with Chris Hall and also with Matthew Curtis. 
um, and also Wayne and Janice and everything else. But for the meantime, it has been agreed that you know I will step away from the Beer Clock Show lock-ins uh, just so they can actually refresh the panel and sort of give it a new feel and new twist because they've got people banging in their doors to get on the, on the on the lock-ins with them. So you know I hope they go really well for Steve and Mark, and I wish them nothing but success with that. But the beery chats will continue with the Irish beer snob. Uh, and they will continue to grow. And we have a couple other cool little things in the pipeline coming up. Can't really say too much yet, but we've got some really, really cool things coming. Um, last weekend was also the debut of the Royal County Brewers Rock Shandy Pellel that was actually done on a brew day on April the 11th in Rye River Brewing. Huge thanks to Alex Laws and to uh, Niall and Alan. Uh, you know, Rye River have always been like hugely supportive of anything that, that like weird, wonderful, wacky ideas that uh, I have had in the past. And you know, when they actually stepped in to give the guys in Royal County Brewers a dig out and say, "Hey, come on down, you can use our one heck kit to brew some beer. We'll keg it up for you and all." And not even ask the guys to and gals to reach into their pockets for it. You know, that's just a, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And so the beer we actually had it kegged up, and we took it down to Smith's on the Square in Navin last Saturday, and we proceeded to empty one forty-liter keg uh, quite successfully into a number of growlers and into pint glasses, and then proceeded to uh, dive straight into the second one, which I think we got about halfway through. Um, beer was amazing it turned out great this sort of again rock shandy pale ale if you think about it coming back and and diving right into your childhood for Irish people you know kids rock shandy by club just C&C of course uh, you know orange and lemon it's, it's, it's sort of real quintessential uh, 1980s 1990s kids in Ireland um, a real summery drinker, you know, it smells great, as this great orange and lemon sort of aroma to it from like Amarillo and a couple other really cool hops that went in. Halcyon malt in it as well, just beautiful beer, uh, Nottingham yeast in it. And again, a real, real nice easy drinker, four and a half, it's only about 40 IBUs. Uh, again, just beautiful beautiful beer and it was a it was a privilege to be able to go and try it and to share it with the guys and gals from the royal county brewers as well that was amazing and also huge thanks to arthur and smiths you know he's part of the royal county brewers and for allowing us to like take over a tap in the back of the bar to actually stick it up as well that was actually very very cool indeed uh we are now coming into that time of year when i'm starting to see summer beers appearing and it's oh so good when summer beers start appearing because it usually means that I am going to be able to get my fill of Brooklyn Summer Ale. And I'm looking forward this year seeing some of the beers that Irish craft brewers have put out as well. I'm looking forward to seeing some really summery beers coming out. Um, one I would hope I get to see is, um, you know, Stone Barrel actually bringing back... Um, their uh, pale ale that they did at the RDS last year because that was just utterly incredible and again you're coming into that time of year you know where session IPAs like big fruity bastard session IPAs are always going to be amazing and I'm just thinking of Blacks of Kinsale and their session uh, uh, pale ale you know that's going to be amazing their session beer um, it's going to be an amazing beer to have over the summer and I'm hoping to see a couple more coming out as well uh, which would be utterly fantastic because again, we're coming into that time of year, we're talking about barbecues and, and people having parties and the rest of it. And, you know, these kind of beers turning up is, is nothing but good. And it'll just be really, really cool. Um, I just want to sort of touch into something that um, 
you know, my taste in sort of alcoholic beverages has never actually been sort of very, never been particularly sort of dalliancing outside uh, beer, whiskey, vodka, rum. Cider is something that I have never been like a massively huge fan of, but nonetheless, in the last while I've actually just had a, been trying through a couple of different ciders and some of them have been really, really nice, like uh, the Stonewell Dry Irish, you know, their pear one as well, which is a perry, I know it's not really a cider, it's a perry at that point. And their apple one, which is their dry, which has been really, really nice. Um, and I've also been getting into a couple of the Dan Kelly's ones, especially Fiona's Fancy. Oh, my God. If you haven't tried Dan Kelly ciders, I would recommend you go and do so. And the same also for Stonewell's ones. Absolutely beautiful. I've also tried the Wildwood uh, ciders from Weston's. Um, they've actually been really, really nice. I've tried the apple and I've tried the pear, and I've actually really liked quite both of them uh, as well. And then on Sunday, I was down having tapas locally in O'Keefe's in Kilcock. Uh, I love going down there for tapas. Their food is amazing. And they had this, uh, by Woodshed Brewery, they had Lazy Jack's American-style cloudy cider. And again, it reminded me of years ago when I was living in the States and trying American ciders. You know, how much of a difference there was and how easy drinking I found them compared to very British-style dry ciders and some of the more commercial ciders at that time in Ireland. And, you know, it reminded me just the beautiful softness of it and the fruitiness of it, and without being sort of overly sweet as well. And this was just a fantastic example of it. And, you know, we're starting to see more and more Irish uh, craft cider appearing, and this is only a good thing. I mean, I love the, the ciders by Tempted. They do some amazing, amazing ciders as well. Uh, the McIvers ones as well, if you haven't tried them, sweet baby jesus you are missing out they are some beautiful ciders and we're getting again sort of the notion of like that irish ciders and the summation of irish cider should be bulmers is a lot of bullshit go out and try these irish ciders and you know if you haven't been a fan of ciders in the past you should most definitely should like you know cast aside your bulmers demons and go and grab a dan kelly's go grab a mciver's go grab a tempted go grab a boyne valley cider um and try some of the ciders that are out there they're absolutely incredible and they will totally redefine and and rekindle a love or at least an interest in trying other ciders as opposed to remembering sort of the very astringent, turgid uh, almost like really bitter, horrible uh, bullshit that comes out of of Bulmers and I stand over that I, I make no apologies for saying that about it because I think it is it is utterly crap um, and, I, and I'm gonna again. I appreciate you know it's a point of view and everything else, but I think the comparison of Bulmers to say something by McIver is is completely night and day. Um, and I think in a blind test, you you'd actually question whether one of them you actually had was cider or what the fuck was that, and that would always be the Bulmers. But again, it's really, really cool to see these actually coming back, and it's great. Now, I am going to jump right on top the biggest fucking crate I have right now, and I'm going to have a mini rad. So again, if you're in your blanket fort, you want to clutch that nightlight a little bit closer. I've recently seen the ads on television for Smithwick's Blonde. I don't really watch an awful lot of Irish television, because I tend to watch an awful lot of stuff via Netflix and, and other streaming services. But I've seen an ad recently for uh, Smithwick's Blonde, and I'm particularly highlighting that it's made with Polaris hops. And 
I have to I have to fucking laugh at this with Guinness and Diageo and the Smithwick's brands in general. I love when they're trying to jump on this bandwagon and to go into the thing where they're talking about, oh, they use Polaris hops. I have been told firsthand by brewers at Diageo that they do not use whole hops when they are actually making their beers in the industrial plant that they make their beers in because it leads to inefficiency. So they tend to use an awful lot of extracts when it comes to doing that and that's what they actually do and I am really really pissed off that I when I see Smithix which has sort of been repositioning itself as this kind of a a pale ale craft beer uh, bandwagon jumper in the last while uh, with their pale ales and the rest of it and then turning around and saying that they're using Polaris hops and trying to like muscle into this and it's like no fuck off you don't get to muscle in on this part of the thing because you guys ruined beer for everyone and you made beer this lowest common denominator bullshit drink that has been shoved down people's throats and when it suits them when it absolutely suits them it's important and when it comes to Diageo especially Diageo don't give a shit about beer in fact somebody in Diageo every morning wakes up and like utterly laughs themselves into their grey boring ass expensive suit that they actually own Guinness and that it literally makes the amount of money that it makes and that there is no I fully appreciate there are people who work in Guinness who work exceptionally hard and people who work in Diageo work exceptionally hard for their brands and they work exceptionally hard in those businesses and if you meet some of the brewers in the pilot brewery there is no doubt that some of them have an absolute love for beer Okay, but what comes out of the industrial chemical plant the other side of the road is a completely different animal to what is done in that pilot brewery and for them to bandwagon jump and say, oh, well, we use Polaris hops. Like, fuck you, Diageo. Absolutely fuck to the you. You know, you don't get the right to jump on this bandwagon because you did nothing to help it. And in fact, if anything, you've done every damn thing possible to try and make sure the craft beer producers cannot get a fair shake in the Irish market where you actually buy tap space and you actually have your sales reps going in and asking people and offering people sweetheart deals. Now, of course, this is all anecdotal because no one will ever go on the record to say that it actually happens because they're afraid to because they're afraid of having their businesses damaged and I totally understand that so I won't name names but I will name the breweries because they're the ones who are the real offenders here uh, then I'm talking about the macro breweries or the industrial chemical fizzy piss producers as I shall continue to call them and refer to them as but they're going in there and they're actually telling people to take sweetheart deals to keep craft beer off taps and you know to me that's just really shitty and really shady so to actually then on the same hand turn around and jump in and go well we use Polaris hops in our latest uh, blonde beer under the Smithix brand it's like no fuck you you don't get to have your fucking cake and eat it you know there is I have no problems with people making money in the world I really don't I'm a capitalist at heart I have absolutely no problems I have no qualms of capitalism as a whole but what I do have a problem with is where you turn around on one hand and you do things to damage other people's business in a really underhanded manner because you cannot compete in a fair and free market. That to me is really shit and it just smacks of fucking desperation. And you know what? I would not give them the time of fucking day regarding their beers. And you know what? Anytime I'd seen someone, I would see someone buying one of their beers, I would nearly deliberately go out of my way to recommend another beer to them, which would be far nicer for them to drink. I would, and, and 
I, th- I think it's a case of where we need, you nearly have to do that because, you know, the playing field isn't fair. Okay, and I understand that life isn't always fair. I totally get that. And again, in a capitalist free market society, I'm always a believer that, you know, this, this, uh, this is the survival of the fittest. And I do, but I do believe that competition should be fair and it should be balanced. I don't believe you get to rig the game to actually go and win because that to me is just, it's not fair. And you know what? It's, it's an abuse of your position in the market. And we do have legislation around that. And I think it is time that some of the um, not just the, the pubs out there but some of the other smaller breweries are there where they're finding evidence of this that it is actually taken somewhere where it can be dealt with and it should be raised and it should be put out there that this is happening I also find that especially worrying when there is articles about craft beer being written in some uh, publications in Ireland where they're stating that you know craft beer is just an excuse to go and float a whole load of high ABV loony juices my good friend Wayne Dunn actually put in one of his articles for the taste and then to, and then in in some cases where there is a condemnation of what craft beer is doing with high ABV beers or there's a discussion about sort of uh, alcoholism in Ireland and they use a picture of a craft beer producer in it like they did with 8 Degrees that is bullshit and it's being done by people because they don't want to damage the money that they're getting from people like Diageo they don't want to damage the money they're getting from people from Heineken for advertisements so they have no problems in going out and tarnishing a smaller brand that can't defend itself and doesn't have the money to defend itself and to actually label them as the bastard red-headed child and that is totally unfair the majority of people People in this country who are getting drunk are getting drunk on things like vodka and whiskies, which are being produced and being brought in by companies like Diageo. They're getting drunk on things like Budweiser, like Carlsberg, like Coors Light. That's the majority of people in the vast majority of the bars in Temple Bar. If you want to have a look at it in a microcosm and an example of like really bad drunken behavior in, in Ireland, have a look at Temple Bar. The majority of the bars in Temple Bar serve none craft drinks and it is those drinks that are being consumed and it is those ones that are being designed by cynical marketing people and salespeople in these giant mega corporations that are being pushed out there to be as low flavor as possible to be as inoffensive as possible to get people to consume as much as possible and I love how you've got people like Diageo on the board of like drink responsibly and the rest of it it's like what a two-faced load of shit and call it what it is it is fucking two-faced you know you can stand there and you say oh you know we want people to drink responsibly but at the same time you deliberately keep creating more and more drinks that are designed and they're they are designed and you need to remember that there are, these are every time a new product is launched by Diageo or one of these corporations it is by design it is not by accident they don't design it and they're not putting out these products uh, I mean, you always need to remember they call them units they refer to them as units okay they are designed for people to drink as much of them as possible, as frequently as possible, and they always want to make sure that their brands are getting out there to be noticed, and they want to be associated with a good time at all times. Even their videos, they're like they're not allowed to directly say that drinking this drink will provide you with fun, but look at the way that their videos and their marketing is always put together. It is a very, it is, it walks that fine line for advertising standards at all times. And if you take a complaint with advertising standards, Guinness have got these wonderful teams of people who are able to respond 
uh, two advertising standards to make sure that they are staying on the same side. Very rarely are they actually ever really convicted of any wrongdoing. But you know what? They still continue to be able to walk that fine line. And again, that's an abuse of their position because of the amount of money that they actually have. So again, I say that it is not fair play. And it does not entitle them to jump both feet into and take a piss in a swimming pool of craft beer and craft drink manufacturers. You know, it's it's totally disingenuous. And then at the same token, have their marketing people stand out there and parade in front of beer bloggers and and beer writers and wine writers and the rest of it and to turn around and say, oh, well, this is not really us trying to get into the craft beer market. It is. Just call it what it is and stop pussyfooting around. Call it what the fuck it is. You want to have your cake and eat it because your revenues are down. And it's not that your revenues are down and you're not profitable. It's the fact these guys are still hugely profitable. They're just not. Na- they're just make. They're not making as many millions as they were before. And you know, does that really matter? Again, oh, this is where you need to remember. Every time a macro beer is produced, it is not about producing a quality product. It is about producing something that is consistent, is industrially consistent, and is about returning shareholder value at all time. Now, I understand all businesses are about returning shareholder value at all time, but these guys take it to the nth degree. These guys, their only goal is money, 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 money. And I am fully aware that craft beer and craft cider producers and the rest of it are also in the business of making money as well. The difference being is that a craft beer producer, like 99.999% of the time, will not turn out a beer that's shit, or not wake up in the morning and go, you know what, I don't care how this turns out, as long as it's consistent, as many people shove as much of this down their throat as possible, and how can we make it that more and more people are able to drink more of this at any one time? They don't. There's a completely different approach to it. And again, that's just me sort of being on my ultra-high beer crate there. So you'll need to, uh, you can now come out from your blanket fort. It's okay. Put your nightlight down. You can stop. The boogeyman has gone away. I've done my rant. Um, but yeah, when I see stuff like that, I get really, really annoyed by it. And it absolutely irks me to no end. But in other good news, what I want to do is I want to talk about a couple of the beers that I've been able to, uh, been able to try um, over the last while as well. Um, and beards that I've sort of been returning to and I've been enjoying a lot more, like 8 Degrees Full Irish, I had it again last Saturday. Um, I'm fully convinced, you know, the guys in 8 Degrees are on to an absolute winner with some of the beers that they're turning out. Uh, I mean, Gasman was a, their Rye IPA was absolutely stunning. It was a beautiful beer. Enigma that, oh, you know, I still have bottles of Enigma sitting at home and every time I see bottles of it, I just pick it up. It's utterly incredible. Uh, Amberella is still a huge favourite of mine. I've really, really enjoyed that. Uh, Jackhammer by Brewdog. Uh, again, I, th- I think I'm falling back in love with that beer, especially in the last while, because I've been consuming like an absolute ton of their restorative beverage for invalids and convalescents, which is their 8.7% English IPA. It's about 100 IBUs. Um, could, uh, to me, that was just an incredible IPA. And to me, like I'm going to say something which is like really uncharacteristic for me. That is actually a nicer double IPA um, than hardcore IPA and I noticed people out there are gasping already at me saying that it's true I actually think it's a mu- it was a much nicer beer um, and in fact so much so I've been going around to the various off licenses who've been stocking it and literally just buying and stockpiling as much of it as possible because every time I get it I just keep drinking a ton of it um, 
So that's what's been going on with that. And, you know, I've actually been sort of drinking a couple more different types of beers as well. I've been drinking some more of my own home brews that I've had sitting around. I've really been enjoying those. Sierra Nevada Torpedo, again, cracked it open quite again recently. It's still a fantastic beer, and I just wish Galway Bay would find a way to get that oatmeal IPA into bottles uh, would just be utterly incredible uh, and it would make me really really happy if they would actually do that I still haven't actually gone in to try the new beer marketplace um, I'm going to see if I can try and get in there next weekend or this coming weekend actually when I'm up at ABV Fest uh, on the way back I think I might see if I can stop off and snaffle one or two and check the place out and give my thoughts on it in the next podcast because I think that would be uh, a really really cool thing to do um, I'd love to know your thoughts on the whole thing of like a Smithix Blonde and their Polaris hops and you know the big boys jumping into the whole uh, craft beer debate and trying to steal steal a march on something which they didn't fucking build uh, and they, uh, to me personally I don't think they have any real right to uh, stick their nose into it I think they should just keep the hell out and go stay to their side of the fence um, since they're so fond of it uh, I believe if you know made their bed, they should fucking lie in it. Um, I'm aware that like this week's um, episode is hugely ranty, but again, you've come to expect that from me. After 47 episodes, you've you've come to expect me to be a little bit ranty. So you know what? I want to say like a huge thanks for you to checking out this week's episode of the show. It's been really cool. That is the sound for last orders. I'm going to try and have the podcast back next week. Hopefully, I'll have a report on ABV Fest and a whole heap of other stuff. Remember, each week new episodes of the show are available night and Stitcher Radio, so make sure you subscribe. I know a couple of people have said, hey, I didn't know you put out a new episode. That's because you've been checking the website, 11pmsummer.com, which I haven't been updating, but if you'd been subscribed to iTunes, you would have known that a new episode had come out, so make sure you get that subscription in there. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating and review of the show on iTunes or on Stitcher, because it helps us climb the podcast charts, and hopefully we can overhaul and steal back that number one spot from the Irish Beer Snob podcast. You can always hit me up on the Twitter machines, at 11 p.m. somewhere, or you can send an email with your comments, feedback, etc. to show at 11 p.m. somewhere.com. So until next time, I've been me, you've been you, and as always, the last one left standing is responsible for the bar tab. Cheers to you, craft beer drinker, Addy. The Irish Craft Beer subreddit contains all the latest news, reviews, blogs, and posts from around the internet about Irish craft beer. To find out more, check out www.reddit.com slash or slash Irish craft beer. Join the revolution.